you're middle-aged, you have to decide, do I admit that I'm middle-aged or do I, where, where do I fall on the spectrum? So just to clarify, I think middle school is sixth grade and up. So we, we really look forward to having a great time and uh, just wanted to make sure we had that logged in. Um, I'd like to welcome some special guests here today. Uh, Harold and Deborah Bullock are with us, and uh, Harold has been my mentor for many, many years, and we're a church that was launched out of Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and there are many, many churches that have been launched out of Hope Church, and uh, Harold and Deborah, we are so glad you're here. Welcome. It's good to, good to see you this morning. They also happen to be uh, the other grandparents of my grandchildren, because our our son married their daughter, and so we share that. And our granddaughter's first birthday was yesterday, so we were thrown. It was a big party, and, I, and I'm not sure she really cared, but she was excited that all the people were there. Uh, she was pretty pumped about the people. She's very engaging and and likes likes to be around people, so that was fun. Today is our premiere of the Box Office Wisdom series that we're launching. And what we do in this series is we take a look at the themes of the movies being released this summer and consider their message. We take it out, we look at the theme or the message or the trend that it portrays, and we Try to figure out what God would say about that by getting into the scriptures to to measure it up to the word of God. Movies are meant to be entertaining. Uh, They try. Some some are. Some are not so much uh, if they're a miss. But they all carry messages based on what the filmmaker and uh, the producers are trying to communicate. What you see in the movies tends to be what is actually going on in our culture. And so rather than ignore that, we we bring it into uh, church here and talk about what's going on. We don't necessarily endorse the ideas or the trends, but we want to compare them to God's wisdom in the Bible. Because in the movies, the filmmakers, the screenwriters, the producers, they're, they're using their wisdom to solve problems, face challenges, overcome adversity. And so we look at how they're doing that, what they're saying about life, and it enables us to get current ideas and trends into church to talk about it. The movie Entourage is what we're looking at today. It's it's a movie made based on the uh, hit TV series that was on HBO for eight seasons. Very wildly popular, especially with men. Uh, it's loosely, Entourage is loosely based on Mark Wahlberg's life and his posse that he hung around. Entourage is so much cooler than posse. You know, I mean, this is my, when you go to Hollywood, you have an entourage. Before that, it's like a posse or a gang or the people you hang out with. But when you get to Hollywood, it is an entourage. And so Mark Wahlberg, Marky Mark, the rapper, he was a he was a model, and now he's he's a pretty big movie star. Uh, started this series on HBO, sort of based on his life. Here here's a trailer which has a lot, by the way, cut out of it that we could not show. And so here here it is. Hey, 
Like I told you 15 years ago, the next level is coming. Vinny Chase. Ari Gold. I hear you got something for me. My first movie is Studio Head, and boom, I want you to star in it. Whatever I do next, I also want to direct. <coughs> Ari. Steven, do I have to direct? Ari. That movie and the attitude that, that goes along with it, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. The movie and the series uh, follows actor Vince Chase and his pals as they navigate Hollywood's cutthroat world. It picks up where the series left off, chronicling the continuing career of movie star Vincent and his entourage of friends. His friend Ari bankrolls Vince's directorial debut. And he goes over $15 million on the, the budget. But, you know, it doesn't matter. He, he, he needed to. He, he was going to do what he wanted to do, whether he agreed to it or not. The whole entourage enterprise revolves around this group of men uh, who stick together and they discover fame and fortune together. And some of them are just brought along on, on the ride. Uh, a major theme throughout the series and that's in the movie is brotherhood and friendship. But it also takes a look at life and times in Hollywood uh, from behind the scenes. So you get a glimpse of what that's like. And it's connected to, and what you see all through the movie, the series and the movie, is this popular stream of thought called YOLO. You can't just say YOLO. You gotta say YOLO. Yeah, that's, that's what it takes. But that, that's what you see showing up in it. YOLO stands for you only live once. You only live once. It's a popular phrase. It was coined by rapper Drake in 2011. And it's usually an approach to life that includes risky activity because you need the thrill. Fun is a key word tied to YOLO, pleasurable behavior, even if morally wrong, and others thinking you're cool. You do stuff just because you want to be cool, wild, crazy, daring, whatever it is. 
Here, here's a Jeopardy, Jeopardy description. It's the Jeopardy answer about YOLO. Described by UrbanDictionary.com as carpe diem for stupid people. <laughs> YOLO is actually short for this. And the answer would be, what is you only live once? <laughs> the YOLO approach is definitely a pursuit and a mantra that the characters in the entourage live by. So this is what we're looking at. Um, the draw of YOLO can appeal to us at times. It can, it can appeal to everyone. Um, entourage has been very popular, especially among men, as I said. Could you, could you drop that off the screen for a second? Thanks. Um, I, I think it resonates because these guys are never bored. You know, we don't like, who, who likes boredom? I, I don't like to be bored. You don't like to be bored. So there's something about this YOLO thing and the Entourage series that resonates with us. I, I've done some very foolish things out of boredom. And I don't remember if I was bored, but I was told that, actually, I actually remember part of this episode where I, I had a pattern of, when I was about three, I would walk into the restroom. I'd crawl up on the toilet, across the sink, across. My dad was a real man, so he, he didn't just make a towel rack. He, he made a towel rack that you could walk across as a three-year-old. So I walked across the towel rack, hung by the shower curtain, which was also firmly in place. <laughs> and I would hang there and swing until I realized I was about to have to let go and call my mom. That's a toddler version of YOLO. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea. Seemed like it would be a lot of fun. But I hadn't quite thought through what was going to happen at the end of my action uh, schematic there. I I didn't quite think through what was going to be the outcome of this uh, activity. That's, That's YOLO. That's what it is. When we're young... We're impulsive, and we do things without thinking, just because we want to do them or uh, because we want to avoid boredom. We, we, just don't, we just don't want to be bored. When we're older, the feeling of doing whatever you want to do, if it's risky, can be invigorating and make you feel like a kid again. That's, that's what I think YOLO is about for folks. We just, we just want to feel alive. We want to feel invigorated. And we want to move on. Uh, there's some movie posters from uh, Entourage that represent the draw of YOLO. Here's one, Dream Large, Live Larger, Entourage. Uh, another one, The Ride Ain't Over. You know, you, you get the sense of, hey, make the most of the time. You, you only got one. You might as well have a great ride in life. You know, don't 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 waste your life. Re- Yellow resonates with us because there's some truth to it. There, there's some some important things to understand. You only live once. On this earth. Risk is invigorating. It can be a good thing. But we need to take risks toward things that are worthwhile, that are worthy of the risk that we're taking. None of us want to live a wasted life and, and look back at the end at a life that was defined by fear. There were things we wanted to do, things we wanted to step out and try, but 
but fear was holding us back. None, none of us want that. We, we want a full life. So YOLO really resonates with who we are and, and I believe who God's made us to be as human beings. It strikes a deep chord within us. However, there, there are some major pitfalls to the YOLO approach in life. Some, some real trouble that can come up. First of all, my purpose for living is too narrow. If I'm YOLOing, if I'm living that lifestyle, then I'm not thinking large enough. It's interesting, you know, live large, live larger, go for it. But YOLO is focused on living for me. My decisions are self-focused if I'm YOLOing. If I'm, I'm in the, this, this stream, I'm not thinking about how my actions are going to impact my family, my friends, my co-workers, my neighbors, the people around me. I'm only thinking about myself and what's going to make life happen for me. If I'm only focused, YOLO seems to be very right now centered. If I'm only focused on right now, then I completely ignore the impact of what I do right now on my future. I haven't thought the whole thing through. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I'm just going to do something crazy. And I'm going to see what happens. This, this is really scary stuff. <laughs> Focusing on myself and the thrill of the moment misses the bigger picture of life that God has for us. He has a very large picture of what life's all about. And if you're focused on me... You miss what God intends in the relationships and the opportunities that he brings through our lives. So that's one pitfall. Another one is YOLO decisions can lead to disastrous results. In our cause and effect world, the decisions I make do one of two things. They either bring blessing and the right kind of progress in my stewardships and in my relationships or they bring real damage. And when I YOLO, I can really cause some trouble for myself and those around me. YOLO doesn't even think about that, doesn't consider this. In fact, taking the time to weigh a decision is so uncool. <laughs> it's the opposite of YOLO. And so you don't do it, man. You just dive right in. It's the ultimate excuse to just do what you want, when and how you want it. When you, when you live like this, life catches up with you. Some examples from the Entourage TV series of the outcomes of YOLO are affairs that lead to major heartache and breakups, drug use that leads to rehab, angry outbursts that cause lost opportunities, fights from partying, just to name a few. Some of the outcomes of the YOLO. There's serious danger when we follow our impulses and take foolish risks in following those impulses. YOLO can be like a drug. Once, Once you get started, it keeps drawing you in to go beyond what you did the last time, to avoid boredom, to have an experience or a high right now, and then you want another one. Very dangerous thing. There, 
there are a couple of dangers wrapped up in YOLO. I don't, I don't believe these are in your notes or on the screen, but uh, one of those is you, you might die young. Dying young is a real risk in, in the YOLO thing. You make a foolish decision to take an unnecessary risk for the sake of adventure and you die early. Look at Ecclesiastes 7.17. It says, be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? That word fool is originally written in the Hebrew, and it's, it's a word C-A-K-A-L transliterated into English. It means uh, that you, you have this impulsive approach to life, and you, fun is, is all you're focused on, fulfilling your desires, and you just dive in regardless of what's going on around you. You just, out of blind desire, you dive in. That's, that's, that's YOLO. That's what's happening here. I read an article in the L.A. Times a few uh, weeks ago about Dean Potter, who was a base jumper. Uh, and he uh, was base jumping in Yosemite. He and a pro- prodigy, a protege, uh, were base jumping in Yosemite. They certainly lived a life of YOLO. There's a whole culture, subculture that celebrates what they would do. Uh, and they, they would just jump off of a, a huge mountain, a huge cliff, and have these wings that would inflate, and then they would just sail down themselves. There, there's a whole culture. It's illegal to do that because it's crazy. And, um, and so, you know, there are some crazy things that should be illegal. That's one of them. And uh, the article was about... Dean Potter and his friend who had died base jumping because they wanted the thrill. Very, very tragic, very sad that uh, his life ended at 42. I think his friend was 29 because they were just seeking one thrill after the other. Here, here's a picture of him jumping. Does, does that look crazy? It looks crazy to me. Here he is jumping off the cliff about to go. One of his friends described one reason that they base jumped. And here's the reason. We were, or here's, here's, he was describing the thrill. Here's what he said. We were running in packs, and if we saw rangers, we'd run and hide. It was like we were 13 again. Wow. Invigorating. That's why we did it. The entourage you choose has a great deal of impact on your future. The people you run with, the pack that you hang with, has a tremendous amount of impact. Your own entourage encourages you to choose wisdom or folly. And folly is very, very scary if you live a life like that. A second danger of YOLO is that you sow seeds that blossom into continuous trouble. We we don't think about this. Mark Wahlberg uh, had had some trouble with the law. He has a felony on his record. And when he tried to open up uh, some restaurants, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't have his name on the, uh, the deed to the restaurant, to the, to the business. His name couldn't be on there because of the felony. And so he, he sought a pardon, went through a lot of trouble to get pardoned for what he had done earlier. In his life, this is what happens. Our seeds that we sow 
when we YOLO sometimes, they actually blossom into real trouble over time. Um, YOLO has a very strong pull on us when life gets stale. There's this temptation to do something incredibly selfish and impulsive when we're in the doldrums. Uh, For instance, marriage. Marriage isn't always full of romance. If you're married, you know that. (laughs) It can be dull at times. The relationship can get stale. There's a normal cadence to all relationships. There's this ebb and flow to emotions. And sometimes you feel very close. Other times you feel distant. We need to be on guard when we feel distant in marriage, in our marriages. We need to focus on staying connected and staying close enough to one another. Because the temptation is you start flirting, a couple flirty things with the opposite sex. When things are stale in the marriage, you let your mind go. You take a couple further steps. It gets riskier, riskier, riskier. And then you're into an affair. And the marriage breaks up. Major problem with YOLO is the narrow focus on me and my happiness. To the extent that I ignore the people around me and the impact my decisions are going to have on them. You know, every job is gets stale. It has chores to it. Who likes chores? That's not YOLO, is it? I mean, YOLO, I want to do chores. Um, most of us don't like that. They get in the way of really enjoying life. If you're bored with your job, you can sort of at your desk start looking for ways to be unbored. And sometimes maybe you get into porn. Maybe you go to the next step of porn leads to an online chat. Then you have a meetup. And then you read about those people on Dateline in 48 hours. So what happens, you, you just, you're, you're bored, and so you start taking steps down a risky path that creates some real trouble for you. Out of boredom, you, you might be tempted to make a disastrous career move. And you make an impulsive decision, you quit your job, and you're like, I'm going to take life by the horns, and I'm going to make this happen. And so you, you make a decision that puts your family in a really bad place. Because you did that. Yola is very short-sighted. It's, it's focused on this situation right here and now. And it's blind to responsibilities that I have to God and to others. And there are many small, medium, and large ways uh, that we can allow our desire for fun and adventure to lead us to make decisions that cause trouble for ourselves and those that count on us. We're frustrated with having to do without all the time, we're bored, life is stale, we hit the purchase button on a very expensive item, and then we pay for it for a long time. There's a bunch of ways to do this. Um, we, We need some solid perspective. In light of this tendency to YOLO, we need some solid perspective that's going to ground us when we're in the doldrums, when we're tempted to cave into this this sense, and God's given it to us. Here's some perspective to protect us from YOLO. First, life is a gift from God who holds us accountable for it. We need to remember that. 
2 Corinthians 5, 9, 10 says, So whether we are at, away, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him, please God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. YOLO can, re, it can ruin my stewardship of life. God's given us life. And he holds us accountable for what we do with our life. And we need to keep this in mind. If I YOLO and lose my life early, I, I, I don't cease to exist. I move on to eternity. And there's a heaven and a hell. And God's going to evaluate my life. Now, he's not going to judge me based on the right or wrong I did. Uh, he's going to judge me on whether or not I accepted what Jesus Christ has done for me. Jesus Christ paid for my forgiveness on the cross. So what God's going to do is he's going he's to decide heaven or hell based on whether or not I accepted Jesus Christ and his work on the cross as my work. It's not, he doesn't judge me finally on where I end up in eternity based on whether I do good or not, but my reward is related and he holds me, my reward is related to what I do with my life and whether I do good or wrong or evil. And so I keep this in mind, that appointment I have with God after my life is over, should shape my choices today. It, it should really shape them. YOLA is based on extremely faulty assumptions. It says that a good decision leads to thrill, pleasure, being cool right now. In God's big scheme of life, a good decision pleases him. And it's going to pass the test when I meet him face to face in eternity at the final judgment. Second perspective to protect us is we're going to reap what we sow. So we need to sow good stuff. That's, that's the, the kicker there. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap uh, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. This passage so, shows us that our choices that we make every day are not disconnected from our future. Our future flows out of what we're choosing right now. And we need to remember that. The choices we make that are of the flesh, and, and that's a, a picture in Scripture in the New Testament, it's the flesh is that Selfish nature, that sinful, selfish nature that wants our way. We want our way. We're going to make sure we get our way. We think we deserve our way above everybody else in the situation. And so I'm just going to dive in and do what I want. That's the flesh. If you sow to the flesh, if you let it guide your decisions, you will reap corruption, which is literally decay. That, that's what it means. You, you may find temporary pleasure in whatever you do, but it proves to be a cheap version of what you really want out of life. Because of one foolish decision, life can become 
very, very complicated and troubled. And so we, we realize that. We realize our future is flowing out of the wisdom I choose to operate out of right now. And, and I do that. Uh, the choices we make that line up with the will of God, those that sow to the Spirit, they reap eternal benefits. These are the things we're taking wise risks for. God-directed risks to do. We, we take risks for them. And life, God wants to take you on an adventure. But he, he wants you to make sure he's the one you're following into it. <laughs> and following him is very exciting and invigorating. But we need to make sure, weigh the things that we're dealing with to make sure God's directing us into it. Because of the, the law of cause and effect... I am going to get the results from my YOLO action. And I'm also going to reap the benefits for living out God's will for me. So we we need to consider this. Third perspective that really helps us with this is we we should take the right risk to please God. We we need to. This this is it. Galatians 6 says, Uh, Going on from where we started, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Notice the focus. It's in doing good, which means you're seeking the best interests of the people around you. You're not living for me. I'm not living for me. If God leads you to take a risk, it's going to involve sacrifice and service. And and you're going to be wondering How am I going to find fulfillment in that? And as you take those steps, as you take those risks, God fills you up. He brings the fulfillment because he's made you and I to live for other people. He's made you to live for something bigger than ourselves, for his purpose, for his kingdom, to move forward in the world what he wants to accomplish. And when we decide to follow Jesus, he's going to lead us to do good works. Says so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Jesus leads his followers to go beyond the narrow me-only focus to live for him and the people he puts around us. To extend, to live, to extend his kingdom, which turns out to be a very, very exciting thing. As we set out to follow him, some of the risks he might ask us to take that are sort of everyday kind of risks are to identify with Christ at work, to let folks know that you're you're a believer and to share your faith with those around you. That's that's risky. Not quite sure what they're going to do with our reputation after we mention that. But we take the risk and we see what God does with that. He, He may lead you to give more than you think you can afford. To somebody in need or to the kingdom purposes that that come up. That's that's risky. To give money away. To help people to serve God's purpose. The risk that the Lord asks you to take will always involve sacrifice and service. They won't be focused on personal fulfillment, but God will fill you up as you take them. Something else about the Entourage movie that tugs at our heart 
is that we all want a group to run with. We, we want a group that's going to make life fun and enjoyable, and we want a, people to hang with that are just going to make it really good. That, that resonates with us as well. We were made for that. God made us to live with an entourage that would encourage us toward the right things. He made us to live in a community of people who will celebrate us, that we can know who will know us, that we can serve who will serve us. And, and this, so this resonates. The church is designed by God to be a place where you can find this entourage. Uh, if you change one letter, the word becomes encourage. Doesn't that sound better than encourage? Encourage. But if you just change it one letter, the T to a C, it's encourage. And God's designed church life to be a place where you can find an entourage of friends who will encourage you toward the right things. Who will help you make decisions and think things through on whether or not that's a great risk or that's crazy. That's just a crazy idea. So God wants us to plug in to church life and begin to develop these reflexes in the context of this entourage that encourages us. <laughs> I just said that for the first time. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, a church that is faithful to the Bible, a church that is trying to live out the Bible, trying to teach the Bible, it does, it does a couple of things. Biblical teaching counters the world's ideas and ways and trends and, and things that are going on there. Secondly, a relational entourage encourages us to live right and risk wisely. We have to put ourselves out there to plug in, to connect with others, to find a group within the church body who will become those who encourage us toward the right things, to let people know us, to let people get close to us. We have to let ourselves be known by participating in some way, by Serving, signing up for a group, going to activities, introducing ourselves to the people around us. The risk is really good. It's a good risk to connect and to meet and to find help in sowing the good seed that's going to blossom into a life that means something, that is not wasted. As you walk with God in the context of a community that encourages you. This, this is really good. As I wrap up today's message, uh, there are com, some next steps I'd like to encourage you to take. Uh, if you would, look at the, either the, the back of the connection card. Maybe if you, if you wouldn't mind pulling out the connection card, turning it over, looking at the back. I've got one, a couple of suggested next steps for you to consider. And if you can complete the... Uh, items on the connection card you haven't had a chance to complete uh, that you'd like to, that'd be great. Drop that in the offering when uh, we receive it in a few moments. But here are a couple of steps. First of all, find an entourage to encourage me in the right things. If you don't have one, ask God to help you find one. 
if you have one, thank God for the one that you have. Say, God, thank you so much for what you've provided here in this group of friends who are encouraging me to move on with you. That's the first step you could take. There, there are others I'm sure that God may have spoke to you about. You might want to make a mental note of that. But then another step would be to attend the rest of the series. We'd love to have you back. It's great to be here together like this. I'm really glad you're here. And we'd love for you to make a point of attending the rest of the series, if you would. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth in your word and how it really does help us to handle life, the life that's really there, not the one we'd like to be there, or not the one that we uh, hear about, but God, the reality that you've created, your word matches it. It matches the way you want us to live so that we can get the most out of life. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us take the steps that you've laid on our hearts to take and uh, that you would give us the power and the, the ability and the strength to do that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.